Blog Talk Radio. Right here on KVN Radio Network. I'm your host, John. We wish you till 11 o'clock tonight or probably a little bit later due to the delay. If you want to call the show, you certainly can. 646 668 2372. That's 646 668 2372. Should be joined any moment now by, by uh, the other two cast of characters. Uh, before that, I apologize. For the delay tonight, it, I, I got a little. I take responsibility for it. Okay, I don't know why. Oh, give us one second, folks. We're trying to figure out what the hell is going on now. But yeah, I take responsibility for what happened tonight. I um, went out for dinner tonight and basically wasted two hours of my life in a place that sucked. But in the meantime, while we're waiting for everybody to join this evening, um, got a bit of news to get to because holy shit. What the hell's going on here? Okay, uh, okay. Cruise is in, good. I'll bring Cruise on. And there we go, okay. Got the full cast here. All right, I apologize for this. This is not normal for me. I apologize. Well, I'm here, bub. And how are you? Doing okay. I will explain to you guys later what happened, but let's get right into it. Jeremy, how are you doing? All right, man. How are you doing? We'll talk about that later, John. Let's get to the important matters. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I, I do have one question. What's the comeback wrestling HR? Human resources. That's right. I, I know what HR stands for. <laughs> who, who do I talk to? Who do I talk to? This man? No, Cruz and I. You see his ambitions. You see his hidden ambitions, how he went to Vince McMahon automatically, right? Yeah, exactly. We we wish that for you. That's why he's late. He was in Stanford. I knew it. Interviewing for them over there. He was in Stanford. Train just got back. We know. Yeah, sure. Um, Hey, we can drop a good word for you with Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson is a great guy. Jericho Cruiser. We can drop hey, a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very funny, but I think we have a bit of news to talk about. Just a, just Before a tad, our guest I'd say. 
back off of what my esteemed colleague said here because he's being nice. I will be goddamned if I miss that fucking show. You hear me? I, I will be goddamned if I miss it. I've already called the arena trying to sneak in sweets and buy sweets because it is that important, that big. And the buzz from the announcement forward, and I was at work calling them. You hear me? Okay, that's how serious, that's how much we want AEW to succeed and to continue changing the landscape of what is wrestling, okay? So, that, I totally expect that event to sell out. They're going to sell out. They're going to sell out every seat in the house. You hear me? And there's going to be people like me. I I will buy, God willing, if if I have the cash, and and I will have the cash, I'm going to buy the most amount of seats. I'm going to compete with everybody else to get front row seats and whatnot. And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to play around with the big ballers. And you know what? Let's play around with those suites because there's many of them in this basketball NHL arena. And I already talked to the girls, man. I, I, they, they know me already. They told me that they're already getting dozens upon dozens of calls inquiring about the suites. Tonight, I'm today. I kid you not, this is going to be one of the biggest events in the history of wrestling. Well, before we even get to that, Cruz, you, did you see the picture I sent you that you, yes, I did. the VP of Fan Analytics, made the freaking trailer? I love it. I love it. I'm see, down with AEW. Well, what was funny was I'm watching the trailer... And they're coming to the part where Moxley comes down the, the long, like, pathway. And I'm looking, uh-huh. and I'm like, son of a bitch, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> of course that's me. <laughs> no, but that's true. That's you. I saw Julian, then I saw Chris right after you. Yes, sir. But I'm sitting, I'm like, like of course. If Sam, uh, you know, Sam Analytics there, you know, the VP there, makes it to the trailer. But and what I'm I, looking for. What was it? Hey, you remember? You, I, I don't know if you know this, Jeremy. I hooked up so many of my friends with Double or Nothing tickets. A certain friend of mine with uh, an Eric Bischoff 
lunch and, and, and meet our, our esteemed colleague right now on the podcast. Uh, I think that's when I met but, you, John. Yes, sir. And uh, when it's when it all started. And, and well, I took a good picture of that. But when I got a chance to talk <laughs> to Eric, <laughs> I told him a one on one, Eric, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that used to buy WrestleMania tickets, uh, you know, pay per view tickets for WWE. I won't do it anymore. I'll buy AEW. And he just kind of looked at me like, okay, I get you. Stuff like that. And, and we took our picture and off we went. And now he works for the WWE. I'm pretty sure that he took that back to them and told them, we have a fucking problem. We lost. Oh, yeah. Big Mark. Yeah. But, yeah. But to, to speak on Bischoff, he walked past me that Sunday. I'm oh, sorry, John. That he walked past me that Sunday before StarCast. It was just me and him in the hallway at Caesar's Palace. He says good morning to me, and I said good morning. I said, did you see Double Nothing last night? First words were, I did. I said, what do you think? Yes, he goes, very, very impressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the, no, what I was going to say, though, was I'm, my thing about coping with AEW, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be something different. It's, but now I'm curious to see. Because if you remember when WCW first started, they, when they started Nitro, they are, you know, the image that people had is let Luger appear in there unbeknownst to everybody. What's going to Correct. be that image for this show? What's going to be that, like, that symbolic image that 30 years down the road, people are going to turn around and go, well, that is what started this, this television show. That's what I'm curious to find out. Could it be from anything, or are you just thinking from a surprise uh, appearance? Just the promise. Who would make such a... I guess my question is, if they go that route and they have somebody make a surprise appearance, who can really make an appearance that would get to the point that all of a sudden you... Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that would have that Lex Luger moment or that John Moxley moment at Double or Nothing. I mean, we're talking how many years later? I, I, there was I know, no social know, media back then. Happened. Nobody knew about Lex Luger's contract situation. Nobody knew. There was no Twitter. When he showed up, it was an oh my god thing because you never. He was just on WWE TV what a week before. So nowadays, with social media and even the wrestlers' tweet information. It's hard to match that. I think they'll do a title change there, possibly. They'll crown a new champion or something. And maybe it's when we see Maurice Girl. That's what that's what I'm thinking, is that we'll see we'll see either Marty or CM Punk. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm not even a punk fan, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> Between now and then, you're almost July, August, August. You're almost 90 days in some capacity for some people. Yeah. There are some contracts expiring between now and then. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you, though. And then I guarantee there'll be some people who are already in talks with Cody or the Young Bucks about figuring out how to. Because if you remember with Moxley, he kind of was talking to them a couple months before his contract was up. 
Uh, was he? What, uh, not I from what they told. What, I asked that no. question to them. I asked them that direct question at Florida Supercon oh. a couple, about a month, three weeks ago. And right away I asked Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, I said, when did you know Moxley was going to appear on Double or Nothing? They were careful how they answered it, even for them who are straight shooters. But Matt said right away, the first thing we said was, when is his contract ending? So they had to be careful not to talk during that time. And then Nick said we knew he wanted to talk. We heard through the grapevine he wanted to talk. And they said for a guy like him, you do your due diligence. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely having a resurgence in his career right now with what he's doing between his between what he's doing oh, right now with Mr. God. Japan. <laughs> Matt, yeah, Mr. John. Sort of <laughs> yes. Oh. I mean, I started, yes, sir. I started his matches. I started his, I started his match that he had with uh, Ishii. I saw the highlights of mm-hmm. that uh, earlier today. Good God almighty. I, I love it when they get into the ring and they start they start butting heads within ten seconds of being in the ring. Yeah. I'm like, you see that you see that in WWE. No, this is the real him. We talked about yeah, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. <laughs> He's yeah, fucking awesome. I think we can all concur as a group that he is the wrestler of the summer. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, Absolutely. sir. Absolutely. Oh my God! Yeah, and I, I don't. No disrespect to anybody else, but but the body of work he's done in two months is unbelievable. You know what's funny? Even the body of work, what he's done in the last two months, I know it's kind of a long shot, but I would even put him in the discussion for wrestler of the year. Absolutely. Well, and I'm just I would say absolutely. Yeah, but I'm I'm not even talking the shit that he did with WWE. I'm talking about what he's done since he left WWE, appeared at uh, Double or Nothing, basically from Double or Nothing to now. I can e- you can easily make an argument for him being in the top in the wrestler of the year category. But absolutely, I mean, absolutely top five for sure. But what's funny is this little guy. I don't know if you guys saw the video. Who's who's also now going to make a run at MMA? All of a sudden. Yeah. Are you referring to the Josh Barnett clip? I I saw a clip on Facebook where it was him, like said, and then also he just saw clips of MMA, and everybody just said, "Holy!" I think he trains that. He trains that on the side in Vegas. He has an interest in it, but uh, he's not going to fight in a cage. Yeah, yeah. For for the cardio aspect, for the aesthetic aspect, John, uh, MMA training is. The best, the absolute. You could do all the fucking uh, treadmills and elliptical machines. When you throw punches and kicks, that will cut you up. And, and as a matter of fact, that's what's usually recommended with P90X and, and elements like that to really get those six packs. It's it's MMA, uh, uh, element of of combative fighting, kicking and punching. You want big shoulders? Said, oh, throw some punches. Yeah. Yeah, he was saying yeah. in that talk at Jericho that he hired the trainer for Randy Couture. Oh my God! Yes, go, go, go. 
<laughs> by by contrast, that's, it, that's why a lot of the MMA people in the bigger promotions that you know look so good. Matt Riddle, Ronda Rousey, yeah. Shayna. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. Uh, Right Uh, On a quick side note We'll actually be joined by our guest Anthony Gangong In about five minutes I'm just letting people know we'll have a guest on But yeah Funny about the Brock Lesnar thing Uh, And move on to the next topic Okay just Um, In other minor wrestling news today. It seems like Ring of Honor and the NWA are no longer working together. Because reports came out earlier this afternoon that Ring of Honor has Ring of Honor and NWA have cut ties because the NWA is now looking to do their own weekly show. If I don't I don't know how quick they would be able to get a TV deal because I don't think I would put them on the same level as an AEW. But can you imagine come the fall, we're going to have WWE, AEW, Impact in some markets, and throwing NWA. And if Sinclair ever gets their act together, Ring of Honor should be on TV somewhere. Yeah. But the common people were saying when this news broke is, is Ring of Honor now going to fall? And I guess that's the question I want to bring up to you guys now, is where does Ring of Honor go from here, knowing now that they don't have the working deal with the NWA, which means also, you know damn well, the NWA tag team title is going to be taking hands real soon, because the current NWA tag team champions are Brody King and, you know, PCO. Correct. They still have, their their main relationship is with New Japan. Is it with them and That's the one they don't want to screw up. Well, yeah, I mean, most people don't want to screw that one up, but don't they also have a relationship <laughs> with the uh, CMLO? Uh, no, I don't think so. But to, I think some wrestlers will go there for a little bit, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, isn't AEW going to work with them a little more now? Or is that AAA? Triple A. No, AEW is working with AAA. Yeah. I don't. I think. Th- like, I don't know. I mean, New Japan is their main one, but I saw a comment from Dave Meltzer the other day saying if the deal was right, they would work with WWE. Well, let's be honest. I mean, I feel like they kind of not not saying directly they have, but I kind of just say that for the fact of look at how many guys left Ring of Honor for the WWE. Yes. So, the, so, so Ring of Honor indirectly has become sort of the second farm system if we want to put this in baseball terms for the WWE indirectly? It was the feeding system for them absolutely. I mean the list goes on of how many guys have come from there. Yeah, I mean just go down the list. you got guys like Rollins, guys like um, Kevin Owens Cesaro, Kevin Owens everybody. I mean I mean Joe and Styles I don't count as much um even though they came from ROH. No, because to me, I look at Joe, I look at Samoa Joe and AJ as more of impact. Same here, and yeah. I like also AJ more as New Japan. Um, 
Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, Bobby Fish there, okay. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, crap, the freaking the OC now. The original club was all Ring of Honor at certain points. I think but, so. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, I don't think Ring of Honor would fold because of this, but I think their biggest issue, Jeremy, you kind of touched on it before, is their TV deal or their lack of TV deal. When most of the people who get your programming only get it either through the Fight app or through Ring of Honor, that's not really helping matters. It's really it's, it, you can't compete with companies like I mean I'm going to throw AEW into the same category with companies like AEW and the WWE who are on TV every week or you know AEW who will be on TV come October, but. I don't know how Ring of Honor can really compete with these companies when they're part of a deal with Sinclair Broadcasting when they're on, what, Sunday mornings at like 1 o'clock in the morning? No, 100%. And I'm thinking about this also. For a while, Ring of Honor's, I don't want to say competition, but their biggest issue was their guys moving on to WWE. If WWE didn't take those guys, they would stay there. Now with AEW, too, that's another company you have to fend off. I mean, it's hard to sustain that. I mean, I left. Ring of Honor, like, I I, I always mention on the show how I went to the Garden Show back in April, where they had them in New Japan held the G1 Supercard. And I always feel that the only reason why that show sold out the way it did was for the fact that they had New Japan there. If it was Ring of Honor by itself, I don't think they would have sold out. And it helped. Really we talked about this, I think, before. Being WrestleMania weekend, too, was huge. Oh, yeah, well, WrestleMania weekend had something. Because, I mean, they just held, speaking about Ring of Honor, they just held two shows this past weekend. One in Manhattan Center and one up in Massachusetts. And I could have gotten tickets to the one in Manhattan Center on the floor for, like, nothing. Wow. But I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, why would I pay $120 for a ticket when I can get the Honor Club for 10 bucks, and I can watch the entire, both events on there for nothing. There's nothing like being there live. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. Well, we're actually going to be joined now by our guest, so let me bring him on, and then we'll get back to talking Ring of Honor in a second. Anthony, it's John, Jeremy, and Cruz. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing very well, doing very well. Uh, I guess... First question out of the fact, what was your earliest memory? What got you into wrestling? Uh, my earliest memory, um, I would say, was around 1996. I can't say specifically what it was, but uh, it probably involved the Ultimate Warrior and or Razor Ramon or Shawn Michaels at that time. So, so off of that, then, I'm assuming that you were more of a WWE guy than a WCW Guy at the time? No, no, no. I've watched, I mean, I watched both of them uh, growing up. So, like, by the time I got into wrestling, I was like uh, four years, yeah, four or five years old. So, uh, but I would like flip back and forth, and uh, I dressed up as Sting one year for Halloween. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I could see when did you start actually training then to become a wrestler? Uh, I started in October two thousand and eleven. 
Uh, that was my first day oh. of training at House of Glory. Okay. And did you always want to be a wrestler, or was that kind of did that? How how did you end up getting into the whole wrestling industry? Um. Yeah. No. It was the only dream I really had as a kid. I really didn't have a backup plan. Um. So I always knew um, that I was going to become a wrestler in some way or form. And uh, I actually went to Long Island at first in 2010 for um, New York Wrestling Connection. And at that time, Pat Buck yeah, yeah. was the trainer. And I wasn't able to mm-hmm. uh, kind of crunch the numbers to get out to Long Island. And uh, then I found House of Glory, which was not too far from my place. So uh, it's kind of history from there. Cool. And then when you, so so this is kind of, so who would you say then you kind of marry your, do you marry, let me, do you marry yourself off of somebody from the WWF or do you kind of, like when you're in the ring, kind of have your own way of doing it? Yeah, I mean, I guess you can see um, some influence from like Ring of Honor in a, around 2009, which guys like uh, Austin Aries and Daniel Bryan and uh, Nigel McGuinness, but um, I wouldn't really say that I'm like anybody else. I definitely have influences, but I kind of like to create my own moveset and my own style or kind of be my own man because, you know, um, there's a lot of competition out there and you've got to try to stick out as much as you can. And uh, one way is, is your moveset or how you kind of interact in the ring. So I kind of take pride in trying to come up with my own stuff. So, so you don't want to see. So, so it's not like with these with other people who try to be like the next Steve Austin or the next Raw. You want to be kind of. You kind of want to etch your own legacy when it comes. Yeah, to I mean, people, 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 people are always going to try to put you in a box. Uh, they're always going to compare you to someone. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't say if you really look at it and kind of use critical thinking or logic. I really don't wrestle like anybody else because a lot of my move set is. Things that I only do. So, yeah, uh, I want to talk about. I mean, I'm looking over over the matches you've had. You've had quite a bit of matches over the years in quite a few different companies. Which promotion? Obviously, I know you mentioned you were part of House of House of Glory. You've also been part of VCW. Which promotion have you had the most fun in? Uh, okay, so. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's actually a small promotion in uh, Pennsylvania. It was uh, it's called Excellence Pro Wrestling, and uh, I was there teaming up with Mark Quinn, who's in AEW now as part of Private Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was, honestly, that was the most fun I've ever had uh, in my career. That's not to say that I didn't have fun elsewhere or I had better matches or I didn't have better matches elsewhere, but, like, just as far as the fun aspect, that was the most fun I had because – Quinn is not only my favorite tag partner, but also my favorite opponent, and we just have that chemistry. So, Maybe Anthony, like I have a quick question. Anthony, I have a quick question. You're a New Yorker, right? Yes. <laughs> Me and John are, are New Yorkers. He's from Long Island. I'm from Manhattan myself. Uh, it's always a special thing when I can talk to fellow New Yorkers who are successful in, in their own field. Um, you trained for the Amazing Red. Can you can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? Because um, I well, love that guy. 
Yeah, uh, so so I've been at House of Glory since October 2011, and uh, pretty much at the time when I first started, I really didn't train under Red. Um, he just had, you know, he just left TNA at that point. So uh, mm-hmm. initially, Brian XL kind of taught me like chain wrestling, and then uh, you know maybe a couple of months later, Red was there more often. And you know, Red, the, the amazing Red. Uh, as a as a wrestler is is fantastic as a trainer is fantastic. Uh, the thing you know he's way smarter than people give him credit for. Um, you know yes, a lot of people just see him as an X division guy or a high flyer video game match guy, but he, he's very smart when it comes to what he does in that ring. And I think a lot of people now realize that what he does in that ring, um, he's one of the best maybe ever uh, as far as that aspect. So. It was very difficult to be uh, to train with him. Um, it was very rough. Um, there's a lot of cardio and, you know, kind of getting beat up. It's kind of, in some sense, it's kind of an old-school kind of way of uh, learning. I wouldn't say it's, def- it's definitely not to the same degree of what it was maybe 15, 20 years ago, of course, but uh, definitely some form of, like, what the training was at, let's say, House of Hardcore, which was a feeding system to ECW. Well, Anthony, let me ask you this one. I'm looking over who you faced over the last couple of years, and you faced a lot of guys right now who are who have kind of made it right now into the WWE. And one of the names I kind of noticed on there was you had a match with Shane Strickland, who just mm-hmm. made his 205 Live debut this past week. What was it like mm-hmm. working with a guy with him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of I've known Shane for a few years. We're not friends or anything like that, but. Um, you know, he was he's a great uh, wrestler. You know, that was the first time in December that we ever really faced each other that I remember. And, you know, sometimes you're not really sure how you're going to kind of uh, coexist with someone, especially the first time. But, you know, we had some, some chemistry, and now he's, uh, there were some rumors at that time that he was going to get picked up uh, by WWE or, or some major company. So I kind of knew that I would be one of his last matches per se on the Indies. So it was fun. Um, he's a great performer, obviously. And I think a lot of people are, are going to see that very soon. And they saw that, uh, last night. Yeah. I saw his match with Drew Gulak and it really, he really brings a different edge to wrestling, but another opponent that you faced pretty recent actually is PCO. Mm-hmm. Tell us what it was. Tell us what it was like to face somebody like PCO, who's been in this industry, I feel like, for a hundred years. Uh, yeah. I mean, PCO was a unique opponent. I kind of wrestled him at a time that I wasn't necessarily a hundred percent, and I feel like if we wrestled today, we would have a way better match. Um, kind of blame myself more for that. Um, but he's a very, he was very nice. Um, definitely a. You know, for lack of a better term, like a crazy old veteran, uh, clearly by what he does in the ring. And uh, but yeah, he was he was fun to work with. And you know, hopefully one day we can do it again, and I can uh, have hopefully a better match with him. Hey, you never know what's going to happen down the road. What other person mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about? Because I'm just looking over who you face, and the list of people who you face is quite impressive, in my opinion. Back on. Uh, October 21st of 2017, you faced Flip Gordon. 
was mm-hmm. what was it like facing him in the ring? Um, yeah, I mean, Flip, uh, we wrestled in the opening match that day. Um, he he's definitely a, a very uh, unique performer. He can do stuff that uh, a lot of people can't do. Um, I kind of like wrestling guys like that because um, you know they kind of have a unique move set, and then I kind of like to see what I can counter and, and how I can work within the lines of what they do. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun facing him, and um, I do believe that I beat him that night. So that's a nice feather in my cap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it kind of leads to my next question. In, in your in, in all your matches, who would you say was your favorite opponent to face? Oh man, uh, that's, I, that's good. So I would say my favorite opponent, like I said kind of earlier, was uh, Mark Quinn. Uh, just okay. like I don't know, just we really didn't have to go over anything or anything like that. We just knew each other so well, and we were both we both kind of started training maybe two months apart from each other, and we were both from the first year of House of Glory. So uh, Mark Quinn was definitely my favorite. Uh, this, you know, I hate to leave anyone out, but there was uh, a local guy in Massachusetts, uh, A.J. Cruz, who I really enjoyed wrestling. I loved wrestling Cody Rhodes. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to be at first, um, but he was awesome, and uh, I think that match was a lot of fun, and I... I hope he felt the same way, and, and uh, you know, he had a lot of nice things to say after the match. So, Cody Rhodes was definitely uh, kind of a name guy that I really enjoyed wrestling. So, you're, you have a lot of notoriety for your match versus Joe Gacy. Two matches. There's probably more that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit about that because man the fan base from what I'm hearing from what I'm seeing excuse me totally love this this is what got me interested in you in House of Glory uh, certainly JD from New York talking about you a lot of attention a lot of buzz but it was it's, for me it started with that Joe Gacy match and I am sorry if, if I'm not cognizant of anything before but from there forward I did research. Yeah, uh, did you, which which Gacy match? The one in House of Glory, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I actually faced Joe pretty much for like a year straight, like all over, from CZW to House of Glory to even upstate New York for Excite Wrestling. Uh, we kind of were attached by the hip for a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, you know he was he uh, he's one of my you know, I one of my favorite opponents, and uh, we kind of had a similar gimmick, uh, so we kind of played off that. And you know, Joe's doing a lot of cool things right now with Evolve Wrestling, and it was just on the WWE WWE Network. So I'm kind of happy for him about that. And um, you know, I kind of like facing guys like that. Uh, it was more of a brawl style style than just a straight up wrestling match which I kind of fancy myself as a hybrid wrestler, not necessarily something you could put in a box. I can wrestle, I can brawl, I can do pretty much anything. I can even high fly a little bit, but I'm not, you know, I'm not at Mark Quinn's level. But, yeah, so, yeah, Joe Joe was definitely a guy that I would probably try to brawl with, and it was fun to kind of get hardcore in that sense. Yeah, no, you, 
Another thing I kind of noticed was you had a few matches at the, the Outlaws in Queens. And that's always, you always hear about that as being touted back in the ECW days. When you go into a venue like that that's had so much history, what goes through your mindset, knowing that you're in a building that has, like I said before, has had so much history? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, to me it means a lot because I actually did watch ECW uh, when they were around, you know, or, or, or any of these companies that I've, I've kind of, like, been in a building that uh, was historic, you know. And uh, for me, it means a lot because this is the stuff I watched as a, as a kid or a teenager or whatever. And, like, I wouldn't say – I don't know if, if other wrestlers feel that way because I kind of feel like I kind of have a – even though I'm of, of the new school, but I'm, I have a very old-school way of thinking. And, like, I enjoy old-school kind of wrestling. Uh, so, like, to me, it means a lot and, like – I kind of have to pinch myself and like, wow, I'm in this, let's say, the ECW arena or wherever that might be. Well, I mean, let's get get to the big thing regarding House of Glory. Uh, I think it's August 9th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I know it's right before SummerSlam. House of Glory is holding their big show. It's the Young Bucks' last appearance before they head off to AEW. They face private party. What's the mindset going through House of Glory right now with the big pay-per-view coming up in a couple of weeks? Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I can't really speak for them, but uh, what I would think is that they're just going to try to have the best show possible, and I would assume that a lot of eyes are going to be on them, and it's a great night because Quinn and Isaiah, a private party, like they gave everything they had to House of Glory. They put up with a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, they had a lot of great moments as well. And, you know, that House of Glory to them is is family, and they want to go out the best way they can. And I'm glad uh, that they are able to go out and say goodbye to the House of Glory fans that helped build them to this point. And, um, you know, there was a lot lot of points there where we weren't really sure that they would be able to say goodbye to the House of Glory fans. Uh, They would kind of just fade away or disappear because that's just how – uh, big time company contracts. That's just how it is, you know. But I'm glad that they were able to say goodbye to the fans that first uh, noticed them, and uh, um, I'm very happy for them. Are you? I don't. I haven't really looked at this. Are you on the card for House First? Uh, as as far as you know, I haven't been advertised for anything. I still I still am the House of Glory World Champion, so. I assume at some point I might uh, know what what exactly I'm doing, or I could possibly go there and uh, and not know exactly what I'm doing and and still come out on top. So, and then the other thing I also noticed is you do a lot of stuff with SWF, which is the promotion in Jersey. I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. One of the guys I know who is very big with SWF is the guy Grim, who's on YouTube mm-hmm. and you know. What's it like working with somebody like him? I don't. I don't really know. I really don't know Grim that well. Um, I was just really high and by in the locker room. I've never really been in any scenario that involved him. He seems like a decent guy, fun guy, whatever. Uh, I know he kind of has his own kind of niche audience, and um, SWA kind of. Uh, I'm sorry, SWF kind of works with him. So, but I really haven't had any interaction with him. Um, uh, all his guys seem cool or whatever, so, yeah. Well, I know, because I think I read it earlier today, I think they're having a show as well in a couple of weeks 
and you are on the um, you're on the card, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Or I saw you on the advertisement. Okay. All right. So, Anthony, let me let me. You're. I'm I'm figuring since you, you know you're in the industry and everything, as somebody who is an independent wrestler, how does it feel right now knowing that you have so many promotions like the WWE, AEW, like looking at the independent scene to try to to try to get you guys to sign with them? What's it like being right now in this industry? Uh, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of uh, competition, and I think that's good for the wrestlers. Uh, my mindset right now is not necessarily to look at those companies uh, as a goal. Um, I'm kind of a short-term, short uh, goal-oriented person, so I'm not really looking to get signed or that big contract. All I want right now is to wrestle as many places as I can and, and hopefully make some sort of it, living off of it. And lately, time wrestling has kind of become more of a full-time thing for me, and I'm kind of happy about that. And I have no problem being an independent wrestler. I have no problem being, you know, if I hopefully, you know, put in the work and all that, that I can be the king of the indies. That's no problem with me. I'm more than happy to be that guy. But uh, I'm not really focused on, on, on that kind of stuff. But, like, I'm very happy that AEW exists because I feel like they're more for the wrestlers' benefits, uh, especially with, like, health care and, and all that other stuff. And it kind of gives wrestlers more choices instead of kind of being in, uh, in prison and maybe forced to do stuff that maybe they don't want to do necessarily. Right. And, and we break no that. bones. John, excuse me. We break no bones about supporting you uh, because we are entertained over here from what we see of TZW, Mew, <laughs> those matches against Gacy there. Uh, you know, and I did research you for this interview, some of your old school stuff against Gargano and TJP. Man, <laughs> talk about talent there. So, Realistically, you, you're you're talking about being the, you know, comfortable in in the indies and stuff like that. But if one of those companies did come around with a big offer, would you honestly reject them? Would you dismiss them? Would you say, okay, maybe in two years from now, let me have fun? Um, what I would say is for right now, uh, I would. You know, obviously be open to everything, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I will accept anything. Uh, I Obviously, I would appreciate any offer or anything like that, but I'm not someone that cares about money. I care about, like, the only thing I care about is being the best wrestler I can be. And if that's on the indies or, let's say, AEW, MLW, Ring of Honor, Evolve, it doesn't matter. Just wherever I want to be, and people will allow me to perform my craft there, then that's where I'll be. Anthony, uh, I will be very honest with you. I absolutely love hearing that because it has never written well with me where one person can brag about, well, this wrestler makes X amount of money. I don't give a shit about that. I care about the quality of their work and their dedication to it. And when I see you wrestling, you know, I feel it, man. I feel it. I'm entertained, and I, and I know, man, this guy's going out for it. So this is somebody that I got to support 
Hey, and John, I know I just cut you off here with your question. I, I do apologize, but I just wanted to express a little bit more gratitude to Anthony there. Let me let me give it no, back to John. No, that's fine. Uh, Anthony, my final, my final question I got. Since the independency right now is so it's, – it's very popular right now, who would be one guy who you haven't faced yet who you would like to face? Yeah, I mean, every time anyone asks me this, and I want to thank you guys for saying what you just said about me. I, I appreciate that. And ultimately, you know, we do this for for the fans as as well as ourselves. You know, we try to support ourselves, but we can't do that without the fans. So, but um, anytime anyone asks me this, I really, I'm not a big like, oh, I want this dream match. Like, anything offered is, is <laughs> awesome to me, obviously. You know, whether that's like someone like True Cold Scorpio or, or whatever. But, like, uh, for me, the only guy that I would want to face that's relatively – that could happen tomorrow is uh, Austin Aries, who is in uh, MLW right now. Uh, Austin Aries is one of those guys that I watched as a teenager that helped me fall in love with independent wrestling. So that's the only guy that anyone – anytime anyone asks me, uh, that's the only guy I ever, I ever say. I have to say uh, that match would definitely be something that I would be interested in spending some money in. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony, I want to thank you. Where can I, our fans find you on social media and support you? Yeah, um, you know, you can just search my name, Anthony Gangone. Uh, it's both on Twitter and uh, on Instagram. It's Anthony Gangone underscore. And then also just search my name on Facebook. Uh, it's pretty easy. I love that. Uh, one side note before you go, Anthony. Uh, I I consider myself I, – I grew up in Harlem over there in New York City, certainly in the 80s and, and 90s. Uh, I am a global New Yorker. I lived in Germany for 10 years. I, I currently live in Ohio. I love the fact that you represent New York and you represent us well. I totally appreciate that, and you, you definitely got a fan in me. And I'm definitely going to watch your work in House of Glory. Um, but since I am in Ohio, if you ever come to uh, Absolute Intense Wrestling, I'll watch that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to get as, uh, as many places as I can. And uh, I'll be going to San Diego in, uh, in September. And I'll be in Maine on, uh, on uh, Saturday. And, and Nashville, Tennessee in August. So, like, I'm just trying to get as many places as I can, and I definitely have to make my uh, Midwest debut very soon. And I appreciate that uh, you saying that I represent New York very well, and uh, thank you for, for saying th- those kind words. Thank you. And guys, well, Jeremy and John, this is our interview with House of Glory star Anthony Gargone. I tell you what, guys, you have definitely got to tune in. Anthony, thank you so much for the interview. We're going to move forward on to our segments talking about Ring of Honor, New Japan, the WWE, and other promotions over here. So, I'm looking at this Ring of Honor card. 
Well, excuse me, my, my computer screen actually went blank. All right, I'm Jeremy, back. are you there with me? Oh, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. Oh, just swing it, buddy. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> just, okay. Welcome back. I'm here. That was, that was definitely awesome from uh, Anthony Gargone. Uh, nice guy. Again, I, I, I wish him a lot of success and happiness in his career. You've got three fans in us. I definitely want to move forward, though, with this. Um, I, I want to touch back on, on this Ring of Honor stuff with you two because I'm not as optimistic and positive like you guys are. We see guys like Anthony Gargone tearing up House of Glory. We saw Private Party come out of there. Filthy Tom Lawler is still tearing up everything over there. Mass Warner. I, I don't know if you know him, John. He He's all over the fucking indies right now. House of Glory has got it going on. Yeah, they do. Hey, there, they there's no do. slacking. There's no slacking there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <coughs> no, to I me, think Cruz, I... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, I'm no, going think... to defer to you. I think what, what Jeremy and I were talking about is with Ring of Honor, yeah, for a while they had to... They had to fend off the WWE. Now you have AEW right. thrown into the mix. But how many? How many? I guess I'm, it's not relevant. One, how many years ago? What I know right now is that even indie promotions like House of Glory have stepped it up big time. They're on Fight TV. They're producing top-notch wrestling for the New York City, Long Island, tri-state area people over there. Absolute intense wrestling is doing that over here in Ohio. Evolve all over Ohio, Indianapolis, Pennsylvania, New York. They got this on lockdown. A lot of people who are smaller than Ring of Honor are stepping up with good wrestling. New Japan is. Uh, we'll talk about New Japan in a second. All Elite is. Even the WWE is. Ring of Honor seems to me like the biggest victim of the AEW effect. They have problems selling tickets. They, in my humble opinion, they made a big mistake by putting their top title on Matt Taven as opposed to doing oh. it on, uh, putting it on Marty Skrull back in Madison Square Garden. And the ticket sales affected. You guys. Uh, I mean, they, listen, Cruz. They lost Cody. They lost the Young Bucks. They lost Adam Page. That's going to take a hit. No company just moves forward that easily. Yeah, and I, I think, think they've that's done pretty kind of, good. I think the I think the thing also that we're forgetting here, guys, is yes, they lost Cody. They lost the Young Bucks. But who have they really built up, really? I mean, yes, Matt Taven has been built up over the last couple of months. But really, after P-C-O. him, who's P C O. You got Rush, Rush, Bandito. I mean, those Roosh. are great, great. Those are stars. Kelly Klein. I, oh, yeah, Kelly Klein. Absolutely. The Briscoes. But my thing, Jay Lethal. Yeah, but. I mean, they have a good roster. Yeah, but, but my thing is this, though. But their main. Have... No, Chris, go ahead. I'm sorry, John. No, no, I, go I... ahead. I already said my point. Matt Taven is not it. So you think that 
four ticket sales is because David is a champion right now? It's, it's definitely that. The AEW effect because AEW took up so much room. They took up so much attention. Somebody was going to be the victim of this. We thought it was going to be the main roster of WWE, and they have been affected, but Ring of Honor can't sell tickets. Well, like, like the point I made earlier, I think like they, they had their show at the Garden, which I thought was, it was a pretty successful show, but I think a lot of that was due to the fact they had New Japan with them. I think the problem is I think Ring of Honor is, a, I wouldn't say a big... A, a, they're like a, they're a small fish in a really, really big pond. Because the problem is, and I think this also goes, and this is what Jeremy and I were talking about before, is you also have to look at their TV deal. Where WWE has the USA Network every week. And, you know, Fox come the fall. What does Ring of Honor have to show their TV? Except, you know, they have, you can get it off the app, or you can get it off a fight, the fight app. You don't really have, they don't really have that For syndication. TV deal. Yeah, or syndication. But that's, I think, I think that's, if you want to look at the biggest issue, I think that's kind of the issue. Because, yeah. I think they've done tremendous for for what Sinclair gives them. Yeah, and this is another, this, no, John, don't dismiss this, because he made a great point last uh, in the last three weeks. You said that Sinclair does not invest in Ring of Honor. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? I just feel that, obviously, yes, I don't have Sinclair Broadcasting, so I'm kind of going off of what I've heard from people. And the problem is, how can you have a promotion that do what does well when you air their programming at, on Sunday mornings at 1 o'clock in the morning? To me, that's not... Like, I have a feeling, like, AEW, when they have their TV deal starting October 2nd, they're going to do pretty well because they're on Wednesday nights, 8 to 10, on a basic channel that everybody gets. You have, you have Ring of Honor. Unless you don't have the app or you don't, get, or, you don't get, or you don't have the Fight TV app, how else are you getting their product every week? Well, 100%. So, um, and you've got to imagine TNT is also going to air replays of AEW. And through their app, the TNT yeah. app, people are going to get AEW. I mean, they have so many tools. Yeah, and, and people, people, you know, don't even look at that stuff. And that, to me, is a major part of running a promotion. I mean, yeah, MLW, you can throw MLW even into the mix. Because what MLW does is once their, once their show airs Saturday night, <clears throat> usually by Sunday or even Monday, Court Bauer usually uploads that episode to YouTube. So you have, yes. but Ring of Honor doesn't even do that. Ring of Honor, basically, at this point, is, I mean, yes, you can say Ring of Honor is more for the wrestling fan than for the casual fan, but the problem mm-hmm. is, when there, when there's so much wrestling right now, and it's almost like an oversaturation of it, when you have Ring of Honor, New Japan, WWE, AEW, ZZW, ML, I mean, go down the list, people may turn around and go, oh, crap, there's more wrestling? I know that people, I've heard people now already saying, how are they going to have so much time in a day to watch Raw on Monday, SmackDown when they move to Fox, MLW, you know, just go down the list. I just yeah, yeah. to me, the so, TV part is a major part of it. So that is, <laughs> you've touched on so many points here. Let me break this down. 
the the SmackDown Live on on Fox will touch that later. The Ring of Honor right now, brother, they're, they're just a step above all uh, absolute intense wrestling that I catch for thirty bucks down the street over here. You, you feel what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I don't feel like the Ring of Honor is. You know, leagues above my indie wrestling right here when my indie wrestling is putting on some great shit. And Ring of Honor is probably going to steal our, our best wrestlers or NXT, AEW, or whoever. I mean, hell, AEW is already taking Britt Baker and um, MJF. So, yeah. I. I I will stick by my point that Ring of Honor is the biggest victim of the AEW effect, but you guys are telling me that TV deal and other mistakes are the culprit. And, and oh, listen, yeah. Ring of Honor doesn't. One thing I've noticed at Ring of Honor, and I've heard that from even people, they don't spend advertising money easily. When they're coming to town, you have to really know. If they invested in advertising too, I think that would help them. They do decent for not really spending much money on that. They're going to have to set their game up more. I mean, I still think the biggest one affected by this is NXT. Yeah. Why would a top wrestler go to developmental and move to Orlando when they can be on TV somewhere else? Yeah, but then what would make a top wrestler not go to something like a Ring of Honor then or an MLW? Absolutely. I mean, I think the Cody Rhodes effect. Look what it did for him. Yeah, but it's funny. I think, I think the biggest thing, Cruz, going back to your point for a second, I think the biggest thing we have to look at with this whole Ring of Honor situation right now is it's not, so to speak, about what they're putting on TV. It's the TV. I mean, look what's going on with Impact Wrestling right now. They're putting on phenomenal matches. They're having the next pay-per-view in August called Undeniable, I think. I think that's what it's called. And their main event is going to be Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan, too. And you were there at Slammiversary. Wasn't that one of the top matches of the night? Hello? Bruce? Okay, I don't know. Yeah, that's a little bit long. Um, Okay. Want me to talk about SmackDown Live? Are we there yet? Well, we'll get there. As you saw okay, in the outline, you got it. I, I put Raw Reunion, John Rant, SmackDown, Jeremy Rant. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, let, let's let's go now quickly to WWE, to Raw. Holy shit. I must be one of the only people in this country who did not like the Raw Reunion. I guess I'm number two. Oh, my God. Because I actually got into an argument with Mitch about this a couple days ago where he turned around to me. He's like, oh, it, w- it was a decent show. I'm like, how? How was this a decent show to you? You know what, John? Not to cut you off there. When WWE fans lately say it was a decent show, it's, it's code for something. Oh, it's code for, for I don't want to admit the product is not good. Yeah, it's yeah. for pure shit. Yeah, it's it's a, it's code. We don't want you yeah. AEW people to, to think that you know we know this. Like, yes, and this it's a cop yes. out answer. 
Yes, thank you, uh, sir. For for let's be let's be fucking real with one another. That's the only way we act. Some, yes, sir. Me and you are fine, brother. But John, we have got to call these people out for what the fuck they are. They are fucking Vince McMahon sycophants. They are apologetic. They are brainwashed idiots. Shit fucking flies. That's how I fucking that's how I fucking see them. Okay? It's like Vince McMahon comes into their living room, pulls down his fucking trousers, his old man whitey tighties, squats down, takes a big fucking dump, leaves a pile of dog shit in their living room, okay? We call that Monday Night Raw, and like little flies, these fucking people fly down, suck on the fucking shit, and that's how they fucking act online. That's what it is. When they say... Sorry. When they say it was a decent show, they're not allowed in their mind to say it was bad because they would feel like they're offending WWE, as if they're on the payroll or something. WWE takes a dump in their fucking mouth and they go, oh, this is good shit. This is good shit. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> let's start off with... Uh, okay, let's start off with the main event. The, you know, the final segment, even though it wasn't really a, a match. To me, everybody is praising what Austin did on Monday night. And yes, I'm not taking anything what? away from him. Austin is one of the greatest, but they missed a golden fucking opportunity here. To you me, should have had him and Kevin Owens face off. Not in a match, yep. but just you had the opportunity. You had to all that hype to bring him back just to come out and say, "Good to see my friends. You're all family. Let's have a beer." And I, I don't. To me, I, I sit there and everyone's like, "Oh, it was done so perfectly." I'm like, "No, it wasn't." <laughs> because the problem is, they were so. I mean, Cruz basically hit it right on the head. They were so, they were they were they were enjoying this man's shit so much. They're like, "Oh, can I have some more, please?" I know I'm being vulgar, Jeremy. I, I'm not being PG. I, I'm sorry. I have no respect for these people because if it was left up to them, the WWE would still be the same like they were in 2017, 18. Roman Reigns would have been up in there. Fearing and, and Superman punching everybody. You hear me? Yeah. I mean, honestly, after WrestleMania in New Orleans was when they really just had this. We don't have to put our best foot forward attitude anymore. And it just because... every week worse and worse and worse. I didn't just decide one day, hey, I'm just not going to watch WWE much anymore. I mean, they forced me to. With I that mean, crap I, they were putting out. I don't want people to think we're shitting on. We're, yes, we are shitting on WWE, but we're calling we're it still, like we see it. But we're calling it what we see it. I mean, okay, well, you don't have to agree with us. No, I'm, I'm not. Believe me, I'm agreeing with you guys. I'm the first one who said that this show was shit, and everybody called me out on it. No, okay. we had a nice talk after it, John, and we were complete agreement. Oh, we definitely did. And Cruz, Jeremy, and I came up to the realization. You must have had a mild stroke during Seth Rollins' promo on Miz TV. This 
Rocky. Dark. <laughs> you mean Brock Lesnar's not a Seth Rollins wannabe? I mean, really? <laughs> Brock Lesnar is superior in every so which way. Brock Lesnar is the legit United UFC champion. Brock Lesnar is a legit New Japan pro wrestling champion. Brock Lesnar wrestled WWF legends champion. Division one national champion college wrestler. Division one national college wrestler endorsed by Kurt Angle himself as John. Brock yeah. Lesnar put over Roman Reigns. It didn't work. Brock Lesnar put over Seth Rollins. It did not work. Brock Lesnar put over Dean Ambrose. It did not work. Brock Lesnar fans reject that shit. We want Brock Lesnar. Build up the next fucking star. His name right now, I'm going to give you a few names. Drew McIntyre, uh, Matt Riddle. You want to go with uh, Keith Lee, okay? Adam Cole. Samoa, Samoa and Joe. You want to give me Adam Cole? A uh, uh, rehabbed Tommaso Ciampa? I- I'll take that. Give me Braun Strowman. Fuck it. At this point, give me another Roman Reigns. At this point, fuck it. Give me a resurgent John Cena. Seth Rollins. Oh, I mean, they have a stacked roster. It's not like they're struggling to find people. AJ, Finn Balor. I mean, the list goes I, on and on. But I don't see the hatred against Brock Lesnar. I, I don't see it whatsoever because in the UFC world, the motherfucker is a true, legit UFC heavyweight champion. He does not get the disrespect over there that he gets in, in, in a fake fucking wrestling world. In fake fighting. So explain that to me. How fucking idiots could say, honestly, Brock Lesnar cannot wrestle. Brock Lesnar will no, fucking No, no one questions his talent or ability. I, I don't think, on a, as a whole. They just, no, his attitude not. and his schedule, no. they question well, no, they're also questioning whether or not he wants to be a Seth Rollins wannabe, according to Seth Rollins. <laughs> worst, one of the worst promos I've ever seen. Oh, we, we know that's not true. We know that's not well, true. Look, well, yeah. what, one of the guys I was – I think it may have been J.D. actually – turned around in his review. He's, oh, I don't remember if it was him or Brian Zane, one of them, turned around and said, well, did Seth Rollins call James Ellsworth right before his promo and asked him, how do I give the worst babyface promo of my life? Let's not, let's not be offensive to James Ellsworth. I, I'm, I'm just thinking here. I'm just thinking to myself. Who is Brock Lesnar going to lose to? And like Andre the Giant gave so much of himself to put over Hogan. Who Who's that going to be in this generation? I mean, you said Roman that it didn't work, but Roman got sick. So he had to relinquish the belt. So would you redo that? I I mean I don't. And then Ambrose he defeated at WrestleMania, and we never saw that after that. 
To be quite honest um, with you, we're, we're talking we're talking about Steve Austin. At this point in time, I would definitely see a Roman Reigns versus the McMahon family as as being something hot. I would want to see Roman versus Seth at WrestleMania. I'm all for that. They would never do that because... We've seen Roman against the McMahon family. I mean, it, it didn't do his job. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't that what led to the worst main event of WrestleMania 32? That, that one, I, I yeah. put with a question mark because of all those injuries. Yeah. That year. But my, my, my it was supposed to be Roman that, and Cena that year. I mean, my thing is this, though, Cruz. To answer your question, who I think would be the perfect one... To take the belt off yeah. of uh, Lesnar, and it'll make perfect sense, and he has to be booked properly and not be the fucking sidekick to uh, Shane McMahon, Drew McIntyre. 100%. He has the look. He can he can talk well on the mic. He looks like a badass. And or Matt Riddle. Here's a, but here's, I think mm-hmm. that, and here's a novel concept. It would be something different. It would be John, it would be the same shit over and over again. John John I I yes. I think Matt Riddle is the next heartbreak kid, the next Shawn Michaels. I think if he's pushed properly along with the Velveteen Dream, so a Hulk Hogan Macho Man one two com- combination, a stone cold rock combination for the next fucking few years, you have main events forever. You tell Brock you're going to resign, retire forever, Matt Riddle is getting over, he's going to do it. He's, he's going to do the favors for him. That is the biggest fucking match I see in Brock's future. I, I don't see any... I, I really do not see any others. Unless we're talking about Randy Orton or John Cena beating him again. Okay, but Cruz, let me ask you this one regarding Rollins for a second. When he was a heel, did you have the same feelings about him? About five years ago. I, 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 yeah. You want to know my honest feelings? Jeremy, do you want to go first? Uh, Go No, this is Cruz Seth Rollins segment. Please go. (laughs) Well, I, I think that his title reign was totally motherfucking overshadowed by John Cena's. United States title ring. And if I remember correctly, most of those shows started John Cena. Coming out, I'm going to have an open challenge with Sami Zayn, with Finn Balor, the next motherfucker, and the next motherfucker, Kevin Owens. That's what made Kevin Owens a big shit on the main roster. So, Yes, sir. Yes. I mean, the numbers, the data. I'm stealing Cruz's data here. Ginger Mahal had a better reign than Seth Rollins. The numbers are there. Yeah, wow. Forgot Ginger Mahal was actually champion at one point. But, But, John, at the beginning, Ginger was new. Shit. Yeah, give us something new. You you wanna like you? I I don't think Brock is gonna be around forever. That's not. Give it to Apollo Cruz. Give it to Drew McIntyre. Give it to somebody fucking new. Shinsuke. 
Oh my god. Take my money. I've been begging for a Lesnar Nakamura match since their New Japan days. But uh, but but my rant is not uh, on you critical thinking fans. My rant is totally against the WWE shit eating apologists. Uh, uh, believe me, I'm starting to realize now as the weeks go on that the people who are the diehard WWE fans. And I'm not saying this for every diehard WWE fan, but for a majority of them, their heads are, are shoved so far up their ass, they, 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 they end up having to, to white... I, I screwed up my own line there. My, my point was this. The, 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 the diehard WWE fans, and you know who you are, you are what's wrong with this company. Because you see that this company is producing shit. And I'm going to throw this into, I'm going to equate this into a basketball term for a second, and hopefully you guys will see where I'm going with this. The New York Knicks right now are one of the mm-hmm. worst teams in the NBA. They have sucked for the last, as long as I've been around for it, I'm almost going on 20, 26 years now. Yes. Yet, every year, they always sell out the Garden. And there's always been people, Knicks fans, who have been bitching, oh, Dolan, it's time to sell the team, it's time to sell the team. Dolan's not going to sell the team because he still sells out the Garden every single year. My point is this. We won't see a change in the WWE as long as people keep shelling out money for this company and keep supporting the shit. I'm just keeping it real here. Uh, I, I I think, no, I have to disagree. The money's there. If they're losing fans, regardless of the money... It will force them to change. Yeah. Well, my, my thing is this, though. They lose the fans, they'll oh. lose the money. So, Jeremy... Yeah, but they you... still have TV deals, so the money's there. Elaborate, elaborate on what you think of WWE fans who are still defending the low-quality product. Listen, I mean, to each his own. We, it could be one match. People can see it two different ways. I completely understand that. Some people are that's they love WWE no matter what. It it uh, nothing's going to change their opinion. What gets me is how defensive they are towards AEW and their fans. I never anticipated that when AEW got announced. I'm still shocked by it. No. I never felt they would be so threatened. That's what got me the most. I think I Jeremy, I think they feel threatened for one reason. Because they know that AEW is going to basically wipe the floor clean. I'm not saying they're going to take WWE out of business. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want people to think that that's what I'm trying to get at. I just think the WWE fans are afraid that I'm, I'm about to get new- fucking serious, John. Man, I'm about to get fucking pissed off and serious. John, finish your point, man. That I think they have this feeling in the back of their mind that oh crap. There's this new company coming in called AEW, and if you surf Double or Nothing, you surf Fighter Fest, you surf Fight for the Fallen, you know damn well you're going to get quality matches every time, you know, give or take a few matches here or there, that you won't see the WWE. But, Cruz, go right ahead. Okay, so I'm getting right into my fucking rant. 
Like I said before, WWE fans who are still defending this bullshit are like shit-eating fans, okay? It's like Vince McMahon comes into their living room, takes down his trousers and his old man whitey tidy, squats down, takes a dump. We call that Monday Night Raw. And like shit-eating fucking flies, they go to it... Oh god, god, this is good shit. And without any credible fucking responsibility. Now, AEW is competition because I know Stephanie McMahon had a talent meeting before Money in the Bank and started talking about AEW as competition in order to retain the talent that the girl had already. Mark me if I'm wrong. Okay. No, you're, you're right. And then, and then no, you're right. there's talks about AEW having a TV deal, this, that, the other. Okay. They secured their fucking USA deal. They, they, they sure have. Okay. Guys. We all know. Let me, let me make a bold prediction. On SmackDown Live. Moving to Fox. That shit is going to ride a big wave of popularity initially. But eventually, it's going to die down. Why? Because it's going to be 8 p.m. on a Friday night. Young couples are going to be out drinking on a date. College kids, military kids, high school kids. Fucking young 30-year-olds are going to be out and about socializing on a Friday night. They're not going to be watching wrestling. People who like high school football are going to be watching that instead of wrestling. I don't think the ratings are going to work the way Fox and, and WWE made it out to be. That's just me. I, I right. do not think but, that's But ratings work. have changed now, how they, how they base it. Because um, now if you DVR it and you watch it within seven days, I think, it'll count towards the overall. Yeah, so they're, they're banking on a lot of DVR. But I think the other thing also be the that's going to become an issue, that's going to become an issue for them <clears throat> is one of the people I heard who they want to appear, I don't know if it's on the debut episode or they, or you know appear on SmackDown Live, that's President Trump. John, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, I, it's I, just a rumor. It's not happening. But my my thing is, and then I'm then I got to get to my rant because believe me, I have a big one in me. My my thing is this though: when you look at the WWE fans, I don't know if they're just so struck on the fact that they have they found. I mean, let's be honest: if you're if you're in my age group, like 26 or younger. You've never really seen the WWE have competition because you weren't you weren't really that old in the WCW ECW days. So to me, if you look at the fan base from like like I said before, from 26 and younger, I don't think they know really how to handle the whole competition thing. Me and for the millennials, people, it's been WWE or nothing. Yeah. Now also you have this new company coming called AEW. 
And it's like, oh wait, how do I handle this? Like they don't know how to how to you know. It's almost like I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. It's almost like if you're a virgin and all of a sudden you see this hot girl walking or is in your class and you don't know how to approach her. It's kind of the same thing. Johnny, okay, trying to tell us something there. I'm just I'm making trying to make a point. No, yeah. I get it. it. It's foreign territory for a lot of people. That's fine. Yeah. Um, the people I know my age or that I know even are down in WWE are saying, "Hey, if this makes WWE step their game up and improve their product, it's a win for everybody because it's more quality wrestling." Yeah, that's why the landscape well, is changing now. Yeah, but let me get <clears throat> let me get to my rant now quickly about this shit show that we saw on Monday night. Jeremy, then the floor will be yours. For Go, for Go for it. Go for it. To me, Samoa Joe, when he cut his promo, basically said what I wanted to say. This notion that they have to do this rural reunion thing is a plague. Because basically, you wasted a week when you should have been building up for, oh, gee, I don't know, your biggest pay-per-view called SummerSlam? You have, before SmackDown... You have three matches announced. The Universal title, you have Raw Women, no, the SmackDown Women's title, and I think one other match is announced. I just don't know, just, one of you guys can just, you know, I don't remember which the third match was. But to me, you wasted a fucking week here. And... When you and I had the discussion Monday night after Raw, the comment I said to you is this comment I said to Why couldn't you do this a week or two after SummerSlam when you're in the down period where you don't have a major pay-per-view coming up until Survivor Series, which wouldn't be till November? So at least then you would have some wiggle room. And we saw Monday night. What, how, what was there? Four matches? Maybe five matches? To me... It was a gimmick episode. I mean, we knew that, yeah. but... And I know people are going to say that, oh, it wasn't supposed to prepare you for wrestle for, you know, for SummerSlam. To me, when you're in the position you're in, like the WWE, you shouldn't be taking all things like that. Especially the fact you're getting closer and closer to when AEW is going to start. So to me, if you're... What, the shit they did Monday night, to me, was pathetic. And this whole shit with the 24-7 belt... I'm sorry. When you know JD from NY made the point, and I agree with him. When Ted DiBiase bought the belt from Alondra Blaze, that should have been it. That should, he should have just walked away with the belt, and that should have been the end. Of it. That belt has done nothing. What they should do with that belt, if they want to keep that belt on TV, is keep that crap to social media or to YouTube. That doesn't belong on WWE TV because, like I said to you guys a couple weeks ago, right now. That belt is the most credible belt. <clears throat> and to me, right now, it's the biggest joke in the damn company. Then this shit with, oh, well, we're going to have these legends come back, but you're going to have guys like women like Jillian Hall come back and Alicia Fox. I'm like, how are they considered a legend to me? To me, Sami Zayn, when he cut his promo, he made, he made great sense. When he turned around and said, oh, they were, you know, when they were there at the right time. 
I think this shit is ridiculous. They missed so many fucking opportunities Monday night that they really, and I understand, you know, the whole point wasn't for it to get ready for SummerSlam, but you got to stop doing these reunion shows. And like we touched upon before, I thought the ending, yes, Steve Austin is great on the mic. Don't get me wrong. But the crap that, oh, well, you know, he's going to come out, cut a promo, drink beer, and that's it. Give me a break. And you're you also going to tell me you couldn't find extra five minutes to have fucking Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan come to the damn ring? That you had to have them stand on the top of the ramp with everybody else? To me, this company's a damn joke of themselves. That's the end of my rant. Well said. I had, I'd love to say pleasure of attending SmackDown Live last night, but it was not. Um... I tell you, it was a decent crowd, but the energy just was not there. It's like minions at an event. Um, but I said, and you probably saw my post about this, that I was going to be 100% objective. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go in with a, with a good attitude. I want to have a good night of wrestling. Nothing more, nothing less. And from the opening, Shane and Kevin Owens... They did one thing I liked, and I think this is a Heyman and Bischoff touch now. I think we talked about this, guys, how they don't talk about the history much ever in wrestling. That yeah. Vince thinks we have no long-term memory. Mm-hmm. I liked how Shane, when he talked about the, the quit part for Kevin Owens, that he has to quit if he loses, he brought up that in Toronto, Kevin's had in that chair and said, I yeah. quit. Yeah, and they that brought that up. Point. I like when you bring up history and tie it in. That's what they've never done before. I'll get the two things I liked out of the way, and then I'll I'll really get into it. And I liked the Orton Kofi segment, talking about ten years ago and how you buried me. Yeah, I thought well, that was great. Jeremy, before you get into your yeah. run, I just want to go, for go back to no, go for go it. to your point about the thing with Owens and Shane. The I like that because it brought continuity. Back into, Correct. I mean, do you remember on in. Monday, the Monday, went on Monday, and I can't believe I'm actually giving, Roy right after the rant they just went on, I'm actually giving something positive. Do you remember in that, in that, you know, wrestler who we shall not name because one of the people on the show hate him uh, in his promo, <laughs> and he turned around and the whole comment was made about, oh, well, you did to my client what my client, or my client did to you what you did to my client at WrestleMania 31. That brought continuity. Yes. It kind of brought people up to speed. But to me, that's the one problem. Well, I complained about that for years. Like, for example, after the um, the draft brand, like, no, excuse me, after they had the roster, remember they say they called it, the, what, the roster shakeup? Yeah. And I think Bobby Roode and Mojo Raleigh went over to Raw. Okay. My issue was... You had a perfect storyline where they come in there and these guys in the Raw roster can say, do you remember when you attacked us before Survivor Series? You took over our show and beat us up? We don't accept you. Yeah. That never happened. You know, apparently. No. But go ahead with your rant. No, but I was just saying, and then they announced Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. I said, this is awesome. Two great performers. I will sit through this show. They didn't even have a match, if you didn't. I don't know if you saw or not. Yeah, I saw it. 
It was just the whole point for Drew, Shane, and Elias. I'm sorry. You hype up a main event to, I think we can both agree, top five performers in the company. Mm-hmm. To do nothing? As a fan who paid his money to go see that, I felt ripped off there. Bailey, excuse me, Bailey interrupts the Charlotte and Ember Moon match. Three seconds in, roll up. What are you trying to get at here? Nothing they do makes sense. I could care less about SummerSlam right now. No, and, and I'll keep it PG. I just I'm saying it was a lousy show. I left before 205 live. I hadn't been to WWE show live in a year. I don't know when I'm going back again. I I agree with you on a, on a couple of things. First of all, the whole thing with Ember, my guess, and again, I'm just guessing here at this point, is they're trying to show that Ember is a credible enough competitor for Bailey. But to me, Ember Moon is somebody who has worked on the independent scene, if I'm not mistaken. So then why don't you have her be Charlie Clean? I, I I don't know. I would love to explain that one, but the other reason the other reason why why I'm not looking forward to SummerSlam. Did you guys hear the planned match for Charlotte, who is the Trish future Stratus. of the company? Yep. So she is the now. Know. But the thing is, to me, Trish Stratus. This goes back to my issue with what they did on Raw. It's they have to bring you know the legend in to have a match. Okay, whoop de do. We all know coming out of that match that Charlotte is not getting the win. We know Trish, Trish Stratus will probably get the win in that match. But how does that benefit Charlotte? Because they don't think long term, this company. And I, I, I don't. They're just trying that. to fill a spot for their big, their second <clears throat> biggest show of the year. Gee, you have a woman in And Trish, Charlotte. from a media standpoint, will do well because she's a Hall of Famer and she's from Toronto. Because this goes back to my argument I've had about the WWE for years. They do not cater to the fans that are the hardcore fans, the ones that pay the $10 a month for the network. They're catering oh, now not to at all. fans. Yep. Not at all. That's been like that for a long time with them. But that, to me... That that to me is the biggest issue with this company, is you have a, you have a hardcore fan like you know us and stuff like that, and you're gonna parade out Trish Stratus. Yes, don't get me wrong, she's not bad to look at, but I think I, I think her time is kind of up at this point. Yes, was it nice when she had the appearance at the at the Royal Rumble two years ago? Absolutely, but she's moments like that are okay. Huh? She's not bad to look at. I've got a fucking rant. Uh-oh. No, I, I'm, I'm just going to let it go. No, no, let it out. Shoot. For, since this nostalgia match, uh, its total show came about, the stupidity, the irrational thinking, the lack of critical thinking skills in the WWE 
fan base. Why a Seth Rollins disses people like this? Why a Roddy Piper said, you know, you're fucking stupid back 20 fucking years ago? These people are it. They're fucking it, right? Yeah. I got people telling me that Trish Stratus only got over because of her appearance. And I asked them, well, what the fuck do you claim to Alexa Bliss? Well, Alexa Bliss had matches, blah, 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 against Charlotte. And, and I come back to this. The four horsewomen, Asuka, Ronda Rousey, Naomi, Natalia, right? These are your top yeah. women. These are the women who should always be in your in your fucking main event. You got WWE fans who defend Alexa, and I'm like, yo, dog, are 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 you really gonna fuck Alexa? Are are do you have money like that? Are are you is your appearance like that? Because I'm I'm not gonna, you know, play up my own status here, but you know, I'm not an ugly guy, but. I can't pull a Alexa, you know, like that. Why are you bragging about her like... Better still, why are these people bragging about Seth Rollins' money? I I really got to ask that, John. Why are they bragging about... Well, Seth Rollins makes more, more money than uh, Will Ospreay. He makes more money than everybody. Okay? Brock Lesnar makes more money than everyone in professional wrestling. So, by the same argument, I can say Brock Lesnar is a better wrestler than everyone. Now, between me and you, I can't make that argument because it's false, right? Brock is not a better wrestler than everyone. I just don't understand their fucking logic, man. They 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 want to brag about other people's money when it's convenient to them, unless I bring up when Rob. it's not publicized either. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about that <laughs> in basketball and football because it's all public. We're going off assumption. Oh, sir, in pro wrestling. That's, that's, sir, that that is a different fucking animal altogether. And and I'm gonna get very real with you guys over here. When when we talk the world of soccer, okay, the highest paid soccer player that is fucking overanalyzed backwards and forwards, okay, this team, that team, there's pure analytics. Yo, this guy kicked with his left ball, uh, excuse me, left foot, right foot. He made so many goals with each foot. We justify. How, how do you do that with... A Brock Lesnar, a John Cena, a Roman Reigns. They won matches that Vince McMahon said, you're going to win and bump fuck each of Idaho tonight, but tomorrow in Seattle, Washington, you're going to lose. Correct, but you're, you're judging it off ticket sales, merchandise numbers. Can they move the needle? Mm-hmm. That's what you're judging off. Not Jeremy, that plus buzz. All the above is buzz. 
All Elite Wrestling has the buzz. Just like I, I came on this podcast tonight and said, I would rather die than, than not attend their live TV taping. How, how do you quantify the buzz? No, you can't. Uh, if I, I told you six months ago that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus would be the most over team, mm-hmm. what would you have said to me? Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. That okay, I'll even go a step further. When we're talking about you know Cody and everything, <clears throat> if I said to you guys. At this time last year, or let's say two years ago, okay? Because last at this time last year, you were it was all about the all in, the all in uh, buzz. Let's say to you guys two years ago that Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny are gonna form this new promotion called AEW, and it was to become the hottest thing in professional wrestling. That it would it would basically be the closest thing that WWE has had to competition in probably twenty something years. What would you guys have said? Would you have said okay, would you have first off I'm gonna quantify that a couple of ways. First off, would you have told me that they would be partnering with Tony Khan and that group? No. Would, would I know who, that? Who, no, who who would I who know they have that kind Tony of backing? Khan. No, I, I you know about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, but you know about... If you said if the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars... <coughs> excuse me, is putting the money forward and they're going to run it. I would have said absolutely because I had got to know the Bucks by then and Cody and, and Kenny. And I would have said, I don't put anything past these guys. I, I would not have been surprised. I'm not surprised as well. I think I'm just shocked by the buzz that this company has created with AEW and talking about moving the needle I mean crap they've moved the needle now and they've only done three shows no John no the needle has been moving way before the dissatisfaction with WWE has gone way before that attention went to Ring of Honor New Japan Certainly, the Bullet Club, the Elite, yes, sir. Uh, But Mass as the Bullet Club. I mean, all in said it, everything. Yes, sir. I I mean, mean, John, why do you you think me and Jeremy spent thousands of dollars going on the Jericho cruise? If we could have went to... um, what what was around that Survivor Series? Me and him would have had first first row tickets to Survivor Series, so I I don't see how they can look at well, Jericho sold out the the Norwegian Jade, and not look at everyone who's been there and just say well those are all the fans who would have been front row with us, and we lost them. right. John, this is <laughs> when I talk. I mean, about Cruz. What was WWE. one of the most poignant moments of the cruise 
for people who weren't there. Remember the moment right before the start of the match with the Alpha Club and Bullet Club when the crowd started chanting, Vince can't touch this? And Jericho looked at the crowd and gave him a wink? Yeah. I think that was the moment we realized, all right, this is the beginning of something really big, even bigger. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was big. Because he didn't deny it there. And, John, I have to reiterate this. There were 205 live champs throughout that cruise. Roman Reigns was injured. He got some love on that cruise. We're not the scumbags of the IWC. We're not. But <laughs> we have non-negotiable standards that have to be met. Yeah, and unfortunately, when you have a company like the WWE that is led by somebody like Vince McMahon, who's so set in his way, I don't think it's, I don't think I don't think it's gonna ever. I don't think those demands are ever gonna get met. Absolutely. I do, I do think Triple H would be an improvement. I think he gets yeah, it in a lot of ways. Yeah, but, but you also got to realize, so Triple H, yes, he would be an improvement, absolutely. But he still has to answer to people. And once Vince goes, unless they do a complete overhaul in the top end of WWE, he's still going to have the people who are, who are quote-unquote Vince's guys who, who Triple H would still have to talk to. <laughs> Oh, listen, he's the boss then, but as long as you're publicly traded, it really ties your hands behind your back. Yeah, but I think this kind of goes back to the overall thread that we've been going, that we've been talking about this whole night about is the AEW effect for real? And I, I mean, I think Cruz and Jeremy, I think I can answer for all three of us. I think it's a resounding yes that the AEW effect is real. Yeah. We've heard it and I mean, we've seen it now. I mean, crap, we saw it at Double or Nothing. I mean, I go back to Double or Nothing. That was an event that sold out very fast. And it's not like it's not like they had TV beforehand. And they sold out that place. I mean, I remember walking through Starcast and walking around with hundreds of other people. And you, I think, when you look at the whole, you know, AWWE thing, I think the, when it really started in the WWE, I forgot what pay-per-view it was. may have been the Royal Rumble when the AEW, when the two guys were asked to change their shirts because they were in AEW shirts. Yeah, yeah. It actually happened the I first mean, night at that first SmackDown. Oh, yeah, that's where it was, the SmackDown. I forgot, I forgot what it was. I the press conference was across the street in Jacksonville. Yeah, and that should have been the sign right there that the WWE realized that we have an issue on our hand, and if we don't, get, and if we don't fix this soon, we're going to be screwed. And I still don't think they fixed it yet, in my opinion. That, that pissed me off so much. These people are paying money to go to your show. And you made them change their shirt 
Inside Out when there was nothing inappropriate on it? To me, but the, I said, who the hell are these people to do that? I yeah, but I mean, who was? Oh, it's the aforementioned Seth Rollins again, who opened his mouth this past weekend and made the whole comment about, oh, we'll knock AEW there like we do with everybody else. And I and I want to sit there and go, you have to get off your high horse there, buddy. Because when you have people you who are saying me? that. Hey, John, can you hear me right now? Yes. Yes. The aforementioned Seth Rollins, who yet again threw his own friend under the bus. So, let me talk to you guys about what John Moxley has been up to in New Japan. Because New Japan has been producing nothing less than 4.5 star matches every fucking day. Have you guys been watching? Yeah, I caught up this morning in a few matches. Fantastic. I think you saw me in night one, didn't you? Yeah, of course. (laughs) When I was telling uh, Will Ospreay to beat it, right? John, from the second night, Shingo, Juice Robinson. Excellent. 4.5 star. Ishii Cobb. Best night. Best match of the night. 4.5 star. Yano and Naito. We're going to laugh at that. Goto. Jay White. Put on anything that you would... When I say four stars, that's better than SmackDown, NXT on on Wednesday, and Raw. You will not catch anything better. And Moxley and Daichi had a fucking tight match. Archer, Balak fail. Okada, Zack Sabre Jr., 4.5 stars. Tanahashi, Kenta, 4.5 stars. Ibushi and evil, evil, that people say he so much trash. 4.75 stars by Dave Meltzer. Will Ospreay, Sonata, Dead Day 3 shit alone. If you watch Day 3 of the G1, I told you fucking guys, this G1 is going to be the best one of all time. That night, my man, you will not be, if you, uh, this is like filet mignon and WWE is like fucking overburnt fucking, what, what the fuck can I say? New Japan has stepped the fuck up. John Moxley is leading his block. Because at every fucking night, he has stepped up. He stepped up bigger than shit. Enough to say, this man was underutilized in the WWE. And, quite frankly, he may end up being, at this point right now, 
It's been eight nights. The guy has eight points. He may end up going to Wrestle Kingdom. How much more buzz? This is how you do buzz. Man, I, I, I still have to talk New Japan the next show. But, guys, Moxley is red hot in New Japan. What do you guys think about that? Oh, I'm not surprised. I mean, just want to bring people up to date as far as the standings because I was actually able to pull them up. Hopefully, these are up to date. Uh, yeah, these should be up to date. But right now, leading block A is Kenta. He's 4 and 0. He has eight points. Okada also 4 and 0. He has eight points. Evil 2 and 2. He has four points. Uh, the one I'm really surprised with, honestly, Cruz, coming and I'll answer your question in a second, is Lance Archer. Because I didn't really know a lot about him beforehand. And the fact that he's right in the middle of it, and he, he still has a shot at the at block A, to me, is impressive. Uh, on the other side, Moxley is 4-0. and Juice Robinson is 3-1. and Ishii is 2-2. Two and two, And Yano is 2-2. Two and two. You have a lot of four points in there. Cobb right now is 1-3. He has two points. But as far as Moxley, though, I can't say I'm really surprised. Because like we were talking about in hour number one, the guy is really, he, he's really taking this wrestling industry by storm. And we're seeing the true Moxley. The guy who we saw in the WWE is Dean Ambrose is not who we're seeing right now. But I'm, mm-hmm. I can't say I'm really surprised by that. Not even close. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing right now what he's doing. It really is. He, I mean, but he's reinvented. Me, me, and you know what? In a lot of ways, he's reinvented himself too. I know. I know this. Everyone says, "Well, this is the guy from before WWE," but his his physique now, and with the earring, I mean, he's really. It's a different guy. I love it. And I, and I saw his match that he had with Ishii. And holy crap! Uh, I was I was glued to my phone watching that match. I mean, WWE has every... never let him get that physical with someone in a match. Yeah, there's no. there's no clear cut winner for this G1. John, I cannot say. Yo, put your money in this guy, or ignore this. Guy. There's no expert opinion. We're all over the place. Well, let me ask you this one, though. As somebody, you know, who's watched the G1 a lot, you look at somebody like Cobb right now, somebody like Zach Sabre Jr., or somebody like Sonata, who are 1-3. If they go on, if they win a couple matches, do you think they can potentially turn something around? Oh, for sure. For sure. 100%. Um, for right now... I think we are being trolled a little bit. Just like, okay, these are the under favorites. Enjoy them because they are uh, fan favorites, etc., etc. Just folks that we respect. You know what I'm saying? And, okay, we're going to get into the real shit starting now. Now, you tell me. Any other tournament that would have the balls to say that. Okay, the first... Few three matches 
That was fun. Let's get to the real shit now. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't really say that I can think of one. But we have about twenty seconds or so left. So unless there's something else we want to talk about quickly, I think we should start wrapping this thing up. Nah, let's do it. Let's wrap it up. All right, uh, Cruz. Any final thoughts? Um, G1 delivered. WWE just showed me they're still fucking shit. Crap. I don't have anything more to say. Jeremy, what about you? Uh, AEW, congrats on your historic day. And I got a chance to see Jacob Fatu over the weekend. I hope he's in AEW in the very near future. Thank you, guys. Awesome show. Thank you. Uh, before we leave, Jeremy, don't we have an announcement of who's going to be on next week? Yeah, unless something changes, uh, Ricky Martinez will be on the show. He will actually be challenging Mance Warner tomorrow night in MLW. So we have that coming up next week. Final thoughts from me. Uh, I mean, what can I say? WWE shit the bed. Congrats to AEW on their TV deal. Ring of Honor will be interesting to see how that all play out. But again, like Jeremy said, Ricky Martinez of MLW will be on the air next week uh, with us, and that we're looking very forward to that. But for Jeremy and Cruz, I'm John, IWC. You know what you guys can do? Kiss my ass. Have a good night, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>